This is the Rich Eisen Show. What are your thoughts to trying to lock up Dak? Oh, I, I think that uh, we're sold on Dak. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. I always root for athletes getting what they think they deserve. Earlier on the show, co-host of Peacock's Pro Football Talk, Chris Sims. Brooklyn Nets forward, Blake Griffin. Coming up, ESPN NFL insider, Chris Mortensen. Plus, Emmy and Grammy award-winning artist, Harry Connick Jr. And now... It's Rich Eisen. All right. Hour number three of the Rich Eisen Show is on the air. Lots of ball being talked about right here. Uh, 844-204-RICH number to dial here in hour number three of our program. Chris Brockman, Mike Del Tufo, TJ Jefferson, all four of us are together here on this program. Um, We've got uh, Harry Connick Jr., diehard Saints fan, joining us uh, coming up later on this hour. We've got cuts. We've got franchise tags. We've got conversations about long-term contracts because somebody's not franchise tagged. The (laughs) Tampa Bay Buccaneers are right in everybody's sights. They're the defending Super Bowl champs. 23 possible unrestricted free agents was the conversation that everyone was having from the Super Bowl all the way through to, uh, I guess, the present day. Um, And there's one less unrestricted free agent possibility for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because Chris Godwin's going to be franchise tagged. And it does appear that uh, Shaq Barrett might be the first one up for a long-term contract extension jason light the general manager was on this show uh, just a couple weeks ago is a busy man no doubt about it dak prescott's got a long-term deal four years 160 million dollars let's talk about all of it with uh, somebody who i've known for a very long time he was there the first minute i walked in the door uh with espn and he is still there he is none other than chris mortensen how are you mort Rich, I'm doing well. How are you? I'm, how's Susie and the kids? Susie is great. She sends her best to you, Mort. She really does. You're one of the best, brother. Well, how are you feeling? Let's start with that. Well, you good? Well, I'm, I'm feeling okay. I actually had my scans on this day that we're talking right now. I had my uh, some some more scans. Uh, uh, now into my starting my sixth year of this cancer journey. So listen, I'm, it's twenty. 21, I'm still alive. He's you know, so this has been a journey, and I'm, I'm now I wait for the scans. Everybody gets anxious about those. Sure. I'm not as anxious. As, got a little uh, side effect reaction to the iodine they put in me, but, you know, you're going to have Harry Connick Jr. on, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, you know, extremely talented individual, and I, I just have to throw this out there. Yes, Chris. My wife and I watched Copycat last night. I love Mickey and I watch Copycat. Yes. Copycat stars Sigourney Weaver, made in 1995. But it's when I realized, uh, Harry Connick Jr., I've, I know has always had you know, a lot of talent, but he's really a, a, a great psycho loon in Copycat. <laughs> and I just happened to watch it last night. Well, I will pass that along, Mort. Uh, I will pass that along to him when he joins because he is multi-talented and he's a – He's a diehard Saints fan, to say the least. What are you hearing about Drew Brees right now? Let's get right into the football conversation. Um, uh, Peter King, our colleague, uh, said yesterday he was told by someone who he trusts, uh, pay no attention to the fact that he has yet to announce his retirement. But now we're getting into the the part of uh, of the NFL calendar where there's a lot of news breaking. And and if I want to retire, and I, I you know, and I'd like to have a little bit of the spotlight by myself, and there's no reason why he wouldn't want to do that or you would begrudge him that, don't you think he should have said something by now more? What are you hearing? Uh, I know when it comes to those type of things, like the retirement, I think they got to be able to do it on their terms when it feels right to, you know, they want to have that announcement. Uh, 
I haven't heard that he is he is you know truly contemplating a comeback. But uh, yeah, it's a little odd that it's gone this far. Usually, it's you know within a month. The guys like to take about thirty days and and then uh, go ahead and make that decision. But once you make it, you know. The old saying about once you retire, you, you you know, once you say you're retired or right. contemplating retirement, then you're retired. Uh, now, uh, obviously, Kyle Long of the Bears, who's actually coming out of three year retirement or whatever it is, a couple of years retirement, doesn't know that. Uh, but Drew Brees, here's the thing: I, I think that Drew and Sean Payton, the coach of the Saints, they've had their conversation. I think Sean has dropped all the hints, includes he want with with trying to be respectful to Drew that Drew. Drew is headed into uh, well broadcast land, uh, as we as we know. And if if he pulled a shocker and said, "I'm not going to retire," next question I would have is: Is it going to be with the Saints? You know, and and uh, that's the question I would have. I think the Saints are probably prepared to move on, and maybe and were prepared to move on a year ago. But obviously, when Drew came back. It's like okay, you know, let's go. We'll go no, another round, but uh, I think the Saints are ready to move on. Chris Mortensen here on the Rich Eisen Show. Um, before we get to your report on the Eagles uh, yesterday, that made a lot of news. What do you make of Dak Prescott signing for this figure? Um, and whether you know Jerry Jones waited too long? Or there's been a lot of criticism about that, but I, I don't think he cares. If Dak wins him a championship, that's that's what he wants right now. What what do you make of this signing, Mort? I've always maintained that. Uh, and just listen, having known Jerry since he bought the Cowboys, listen when Jerry tells you something, especially privately, you can take it to the bank. Literally, in this case, <laughs> either take it to the bank or you take the money out of the bank. But he's always made it clear to me that Dak was going nowhere. This contract would get done. They got close last year. It was over the uh, length length of the contract. Four years is what Dak wanted. Five years is what Jerry and, and the Cowboys wanted. And actually, if you think about it, if you count the franchise year, last year where he made just under $32 million on the franchise tag, and you add the four years that are really going to count on this one, uh, that's the five years that the Cowboys wanted since Dak, you know, rookie contract expired. So, it's a five-year deal, but that gained four million dollars per year by waiting. Because because if you average that thirty-one point seven million, whatever it was he made in the franchise tag, compared to what he's making, the average of this five-year total is going to be around thirty-eight and a half million dollars. So I guess what I'm saying is, when I talked to Jerry Jones last Thursday night, but didn't tell anybody, except I went on a Sports Center draft special, uh, Todd McShay's. I just said, I'll say this. He is going to be part of the immediate and future uh, at quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys. So I'm not surprised. I think it's great money for Dak. I think he's earned it. You know, the guy the guy in his first four years as a fourth-round pick got $3.3 million total. Mm. And they got Pro Bowl caliber quarterbacking. So I think Jerry's also gotten his value out of Dak Prescott. So I, I think this is a great thing for, for both sides. Chris Mortensen here on the Rich Eisen Show. Let's get to the Philadelphia Eagles situation. What is going on in Philadelphia? What what what? Because a lot of this doesn't square to to have Wentz stay uh, the starter as long as he did. But, it, you know, 
Uh, our friend, your colleague, currently at ESPN, my old colleague at NFL Network, Adam Schefter, saying that Doug Peterson and Wentz didn't talk for quite some time, and yet he was holding the Wentz line for what I appeared to, from my perspective, way too long. They go to Hertz and then pull him in the fourth quarter of game 256. Then Peterson loses his job. They then hand over the reins to somebody who's never done it before, Nick Sirianni, and now your report saying that Jeff Lurie doesn't want a quarterback competition. He wants Hertz. So then why wouldn't Hertz be the perfect quarterback for Doug Peterson to be in, as opposed to somebody who's never done it before? Uh, I'll give you the floor with that preamble as the setup. Mort. Yeah, I think there's a, there's a lot there, and, and sometimes it's easy to misread the cards, uh, and, and I can understand that. You know, I, I reported it and knew that the relationship between Doug Peterson and Wentz was fractured. And how it got there, we don't have enough time. Uh, and I think that part of that is that as Carson got deeper into being an, an experienced quarterback, he wanted more control, more control of what you did at the line of scrimmage, expand the offense, wanted more input, whereas I think Doug you know, wanted to maintain that and simplify some things because of injuries or whatever. And it, it eventually, it just didn't work. I mean, they, you know, that was a disaster last year for the Eagles. Their offensive line was a disaster. I think what it proves, and a couple of these, is, is that yes, it's a team game. And Wentz crumbled with it. Now, Hurts, when he was taken in the second round last year, it, it surprised people. And and the, it, it really was about Carson Wentz's injury history, not his performance. But the fact is, is that uh, the January before in that playoff game against Seattle, when Jadavian Clowney nailed Wentz in the back of the head and gave him that concussion. The Eagles are saying, wow, it's another year. We, we, you know, we're, we're not finishing the season with Carson Wentz as their quarterback. They bought that insurance in Jalen Hurts, and then we saw what happened with Wentz in terms of how bad it was. Larry, listen, the one thing he, he said, and I, I believed him, I reported about it before he said it, which is that, you know, Doug Peterson's status as coach was not going to be tired to Carson Wentz. That gets us to your Jalen Hurts question. Uh, Jeffrey Lurie said after he fired Peterson that he wants a more forward, long-term vision of uh, with his franchise. And the sense I got was that Doug, having won a Super Bowl, you know, was like, "No, let's 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 get going and and, and uh, find a way to win this year." Uh, and uh, Hertz is a guy that I think that they want to find. Jeffrey Lurie wants to find out if he is the guy. In other words, we have the sixth pick in the draft. You're right, that last game was bizarre. We have the sixth pick in the draft. Uh, I don't want to get another quarterback to see if we've got the guy. I want to find out if Hertz is the guy. So you, my personnel staff, Howie Roseman and, and all the guys in the personnel department, you guys build this team to see if we can make Jalen Hurts successful and see if we got what we have in him before we move on to the, to whether he, you know, if he isn't, then we'll move on to the next guy. I so we confused you even. No, more no, no, you didn't. No, you didn't. More to, uh, I'm, I'm just trying to, you know, so the question I have out of everything you just mentioned there, if you could shed some light on it is that for Peterson to say, I want to win now. And if that wasn't Hurts, then it would have been based on the quarterbacks that they had there. Wentz, and their relationship was fractured. And you know, you see what I'm saying? Like it just doesn't make much sense. Look, I think Hertz is yeah. the answer. I think Hertz is I think Hertz is, is all that. I, I and I I would I would build with him for sure. 
But if he is wanting a more long-term answer and is the rest of the building on board with that? Obviously, they have to be if he's the owner, uh, but the man at the top of the food Well, chart, yeah, but- listen, the, the, the owner, people, you know, Jeffrey Lurie, you know, a lot of people say, well, this sounds like Jerry Jones. Listen, when it comes to the quarterback and, and the long-term vision of a franchise, the owner is almost always involved. I mean, they may not be out there talking as much, but uh, and they should be involved in terms of uh, setting setting the vision for the franchise. Now, Doug Peterson, I think there were a lot of layers to that. It wasn't just a you know he didn't get fired because of his fractured relationship with Carson Wentz, but there was constant uh, internal battle over his coaching staff once Frank Reich left for the Indianapolis Colts, and we can blame Josh McDaniels for that, as you know, mm. uh, when he backed out of that coach job. I think once Frank Reich left, Doug had. You know, uh, a challenge to put together the right staff for for what they had on offense, uh, not just with Carson Wentz, but the rest of it. And when he wanted to change staffs, he's forced to change some staff members, and he didn't want to change this year. Jeffrey Lurie didn't like that, so a lot of that was about Jeffrey Lurie losing faith in Doug Peterson's uh, to build the proper coaching staff. Now that can be debated and argued. All kinds of ways because the guy won a Super Bowl, didn't he? Yeah, Doug did. Uh, so uh, it, it, you know, it's certainly the head scratcher for a lot of people. But uh, you know, I think Doug was tired of, of of being told that he couldn't hire certain guys that he wanted to hire for his staff. Uh, so I, I think the Eagles are Jalen Hurts. Yeah, I mean, I'm anxious to see how Jalen. I know Jalen personally. Uh, you know, I like Jalen, but you know, I also know that Carson Wentz was a heck of a talent as well. But I know, from what I know, Jeffrey Lurie just says, let's, let's find out about Hurts, as opposed to taking a quarterback with a sixth pick. I watched him go and take one. Uh, I'm just kidding. Uh, let's, let's, pick, let's take this draft and this offseason and rebuild our offense uh, around Jalen and see what we can do with him and see if he is the answer a quarterback. Because you can't keep drafting a quarterback in the first and second round every year. Yes, you can draft a quarterback every year but not in the first and second round. So then last one for you, Chris, uh, in the couple minutes I have left here, what do you think Jeffrey Lurie would be more gun-shy about based on what happened with Wentz? Trading up to the second overall spot to take a shot on Zach Wilson or uh, re-signing or or giving a long-term deal to whichever quarterback is the future of the team in Hurts or Wilson or whomever uh, early Based on what we just saw, what happened with Wentz? What's more? What What do you think he's well, more gun shy with there? Yeah, well, you know the Wentz contract uh, it may may make him a little gun shy, but I, to be honest with you, if you really study it, I mean, there's the, there's an the ability to get out of the contract early, uh, but you're going to take your cap hit. I think well, you can't you can't give a guy a long term contract after his third year. I think he would be more nervous about that with Jalen Hurts. But remember, Jalen Hurts. It's kind of like a Dak Prescott situation. Yes. Even though Dak was a fourth-rounder, Jalen, second-rounder, doesn't have that fifth-year option. So the contract's for four years. That's different than Wentz and Goff. Trading up to the number two spot from number six, I don't think he has any desire to do that. And I also don't think it's going to be available. I think Zach Wilson is, is – I think it's the Jets. I think he's the Jets quarterback. It's his job to lose is, is the phrase I <sighs> even though there's no finality in that. But uh, I think that Zach Wilson is going to be the second – Taking this draft, and it's going to be the Jets, and 
I do not think that the Eagles or Jeffrey Lurie have any desire to go trade up into the two spot for Zach Wilson. Chris, you're the man. You be well. I hope you get back the uh, the scan uh, reports that we're all hoping for. And uh, let's chat. Uh, let's chat before the draft. Let's chat in a couple weeks. Okay. And you be well too. I'm going. Uh, oh, you know, Daniel Jeremiah tried to take away your forty yard dash, but. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're, we're holding it to you, Rich, on this one. We're holding it to you. Yeah, I will, and I will do it next month, no matter what, DJ. And I'm going to make him time it for certainly because of what he had to say about the 40 yard da- uh, dash. No longer, I guess, going by the yeah. way of the dodo bird. But thanks for the call, Chris. You take care. Be well, be well, my friend. You got it. At Mort Report on Twitter, I follow him. You should too. We'll take a break. The aforementioned Harry Connick Jr. Uh, coming up next on the Rich Eisen Show. Diehard Saints fan. Yeah, we'll talk Independence Day with him as well. Oh, yeah. Right? That's a must, right? (laughs) Okay, that's next. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices make sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs all in before you purchase. So all the guests were is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for twenty dollars off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for twenty dollars off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed passion drive and patience The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, Your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. I tried to explain to my eight-year-old the other day about what an encyclopedia was. Why? You know what? I sold encyclopedias for one week in Kansas Get City. out of here. I swear to you. I, 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 you went door-to-door? Uh, door-to-door. David Keckner was a door-to-door yeah. encyclopedia salesman in Kansas City. Yes. I, I came. I uh, <laughs> After my sophomore year in college, I decided I'm not going back to Tipton, Missouri, where I'm from 2,000 yes. people. I'm going to go to Kansas City where I get some buddies there for yeah. I met from college. My dad said, okay, well, you have to have X number of dollars saved yes. before you go back to school. Yes. Because I'm not just, you know, paying for everything. So I had a series of jobs, one selling cable, one selling encyclopedias, one selling Circus Delight ice cream, none of which panned out. What? I just had job after job. How many encyclopedias did you sell? None. Zero. There was a 10-page Come on. script. You had to go into yes. people's houses, and it yes. was a takeaway script. Yes. Do you believe education is important? Yes, of course well, I do. great. So do I. It was just... <laughs> it was a takeaway. Well, I'm not sure you're... 
really <laughs> committed to your children if you don't believe blah, 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 blah. We used to get dropped off in the neighborhoods at like 1045 at night. Yeah. And, and ring the bell. Ring the bell. <laughs> we had oh. cops call on us. I'm like, I don't think this job is the right one. Well, David, if uh, not to top you, as you topped me at the very Doesn't beginning matter. of We're this conversation. There's okay. no topping. There's forever. Only, there's forever. A, forever. There's only communion. Okay, okay yes. so here, so uh, I. This is my favorite story, by the way. One of my first jobs I ever had was cold calling Brooklyn and Staten Island residents for the New York Post at Saturday morning, 8 a.m., and the language I heard, yeah, it, it's not even safe for certain types of work. Yeah, uh, yeah. I I could not, and I would sell uh, eventually the newspaper to people who hardly spoke English, oh. and it was terrible. I they felt thought they I, had to take it. I felt I don't even think they knew what the hell the New York Post was. Right. But I mean, at eight in the morning on a Saturday, just call people up. You know, uh, yeah. Uh, are, 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 do you have? Do you, do you subscribe to the New York Post? No, I do not. Like, what would you like? I mean, it was terrible. Man. Oh my gosh! And then terrible. halfway after a minute, like, who is this? I know. What? What? Do you remember the pitch at all? Oh, it was just, yeah. I mean, you know, how would you like to get the most New York or something stupid like that? Or But at 8 a.m., a, a lot of people don't pick up. No. Or if they do, they're just really... They're not interested in, uh, in subscribing yeah. to a newspaper. Confused and then irate. So did you So did you get... You didn't even get close to selling your no. Oh. no, no, no. Not even close. I mean, Even I, with I, that I, opening line of, do you care about education? Is education... Do, yeah, it, you know what? I'll, I'll tell you this. <laughs> I, I could... I only memorized the first page. Uh-huh. So had I gotten to a sale, I would not have known what to do. Oh, man. That was fun with David Keckner. That was just a couple of months uh, to go in 2019. And our, our entire archives available at youtube.com slash Rich Eisen Show. We're live here on Peacock streamer on the NBC Sports on Peacock stream back here on the Rich Eisen show now with our radio audience returning as well terrestrially coast to coast as well as Sirius XM channel 211 NBC Sports audio pleased to have back here on the Rich Eisen show the Grammy and Emmy award winning multi-instrumentalist releasing his new album Alone with My Faith available on March 19th Harry Connick Jr. How are you doing Harry? What's happening Rich? How you been? I've been great, man. You know, getting through this pandemic, staying safe, and keeping my fingers crossed that everybody makes it through to the other side. Yeah, I'm knocking on wood right here for all that. So the album that we're talking about, you created during lockdown in your home. Is that that a true story? I did, yeah. So we were on tour last year, and like everybody else, everything just got canceled. So I came home, and... I should note that I was one of the fortunate ones who got to spend that time at home. And uh, I was thinking I'd like to, to do an album, maybe, you know, an album I always wanted to do was a gospel album. And, and I started recording some tunes by myself. I played all the instruments and set up all the mics. And, and as, as the weeks passed, I started thinking about my faith. And to be quite honest with you, I'm Catholic, but, but I was thinking, you know, my faith is really strong right now, or some days I was you know, standing on shaky ground a little bit. And so I wrote about all of that stuff. And, and as I talked to people over the course of the weeks and months, I found that a lot of people were going through the same thing. So the album is, is some spirituals that everybody knows, like The Old Rugged Cross and How Great Thou Art. But it's also got a lot of other songs um, that, that are based on how I was feeling at the time. Yeah, and, and, you know, we're going to be hearing quite a bit about, um, you know, a one-year anniversary this this week 
Um, it was one year ago this week and throughout the week where lockdowns began uh, across the United States, where we, yeah. where, where I guess coast to coast, a lot of people began to realize just the seriousness of this situation. And um, so how long did it take for you to soak in what was happening and say, let me now turn to music to try and, and put this all down so I can commemorate and memorialize all of this? Harry. Well, the, for the first couple of weeks, I, I, I'm sure you remember how you felt. I mean, we—I I didn't know what the heck was going on. I right. mean, I didn't know. I mean, we didn't know anything. I mean, we were, you know, windexing every yeah. grocery bag and you know <laughs> shoes and for for the longest time because we just didn't know. Um, and for the first couple of weeks, I filmed this YouTube show from my basement called "Hunker Down with Harry." Basically, <laughs> you know, to give people some maybe some diversion or some respite from what was going on, but it was a lot for me, too, because I felt like I was able to share my feelings with everyone. But after that, you know, couple of weeks, I said, let me, let me record some music about this, because I, I I've never recorded in real time what I was feeling. Like, if you go through a breakup or somebody in your family is sick or dies, the, the last thing I want to do is go make music about it because I'm dealing with the, the grief and the, and the loss. But this was different because everybody was going through the same thing. I was by myself. I had all of these instruments around me, and I said, let me, let me try to articulate musically what I'm feeling, and, and that's what I ended up doing. And uh, did you pick up a new instrument or just all stuff that you knew already how to to play. All, well, the, the the newest instrument that I have is called a harpeggi. It's actually pretty cool if you or your listeners want to look it up. It's okay. spelled H-A-R-P-E-J-J-I. And this guy in Baltimore makes it with his wife and children. And it's kind of like, uh, it's like a wooden slab with strings on the top, and you kind of hammer the strings, but it's not like any other instrument, like a dulcimer or something. It's like it's kind of like a piano, kind of like a guitar. So I've had that for a year. That's my most recent uh, instrument. But I, I played, you know, on the record, I played trumpet and saxophone and bass, drums, and do all the vocals. The hardest part, Rich, was being the recording engineer because that's <laughs> not my skill set. So, you know, miking all the instruments. Um, was a little, a little treacherous for a while, but but I figured it out. Well, Harry, you know, uh, I know we hadn't spoken in a while, but, you know, my house is your house. I have an audio executive here. Uh, that's how he wants to be known. It's a sound engineer. He's Mike Del Tufo. Uh, he's from New Jersey. He, he he very rarely makes a mistake, and when he does, he does claim to say my bad. Could you have helped Harry on I this totally sort of thing? I totally could have helped him. Okay. I've mixed bands. I used to mix on The Tonight it, Show. He could have helped. It, Rich, you could have helped it. me. That's how bad I am. No, come on now. <laughs> I would have loved it. i got to be honest with you. Um, I've never heard of the harpeggi before, so I don't know how I'd be able to mix a harpeggi, to be honest with you. Did I even you pronounce know, you, it correct? You got As we say in New Orleans, you play like you live, man. You just rock and roll, <laughs> figure it out, and, you know, what you got to do. Harry Connick Jr. here on the Rich Eisen Show. All right, let's get into it. Um, can you give me any insight as to whether Drew Brees is going to continue to play football with the New Orleans Saints? Because we're all expecting him to um, move on to his next act, which we're all sure is going to be as great as his last. What do you think, Harry? What do you know? Anything? I mean, I... I know Drew. I've known him for a while, but I would never ask him that just because, I don't know, it makes me uncomfortable. Like, sure. even during the season, I would never text him. It just freaks me out. <laughs> but, I mean, I, I mean, I hate to see him go. I mean, but I think he could probably play another year. All of the stuff he was dealing with besides his ribs this year makes me think that he could have thrown the ball a lot farther down the field. Like, apparently his foot was jacked up and he had a shoulder injury. So, 
I don't know, man. I mean, if he comes back, I'm all for it. But I'm also a huge Taysom Hill fan. Like, I've said that to people in the business, and they're like, come on, man. He's not a starting quarterback, but I really think he is. I just think, you know, give him some time in the preseason and let him play. I, I love Taysom Hill, man. Everybody gets excited when he goes in. So whatever, whatever happens, you know, it's, it'll be for the best. I'm sure Coach Payton knows, knows what to do. Um, I, I guess here on this show we're covering all our, our, uh, our New Orleans celebrity bases. We had the actor Anthony Mackey here. He loves Jameis. He wants Jameis. He thinks that Jameis could push the ball down yeah, the field. I, mean, and, I love Jameis Winston, too. I mean, his arm is so ridiculous, but, man, I, I, I think the potential for interceptions is so high. But, like, <laughs> when happens. he came in on that one play and threw it, like, 60 yards yeah. down the field, yeah. I mean, that's awesome. But I, I think our screen game is so important. I, I don't know. I, I wouldn't want to tell Jameis Winston to his face that I'd rather see <laughs> uh, Taysom Hill start, but I'd rather see Taysom Hill start. <laughs> Uh, so who was your saint growing up, uh, Harry? Who was that guy when you were growing up watching the Saints? Well, I liked all, a bunch. I mean, obviously I like Archie, but I like people. I like Elo Grooms and like Danny Abramowitz and all people like that. Sure. I love Ricky Jackson, um, Sam Mills. I love that whole era. Um, when, when you know the snake was in there, I loved him. I mean, I have there's so many. I was the, I even have one of Aaron Brooks's shoes in my house. I mean, you, so you know I'm a Okay, now I got a hard fan. No, I have to stop you there, Harry. What do you what, what do you mean? By the way, can, did you did you play the Aaron Brooks shoe on your on your new album? I mean, because I don't know. I mean, what do you mean it's yeah, just yeah, long? track four on Amazing Grace. <laughs> that that is that's the shoe. I'm flicking off the dried dirt off the cleats and it sounds just like a tambourine. What do you mean you have an an Aaron Brooks shoe in your house? Just one singular Aaron Brooks shoe? I have a shoe. I have like a bunch of memorabilia. I have Michael Thomas. Signed a jersey to me the first year. I got all kinds of stuff like that, and I don't know how I ended up with it, but I, I, I actually have uh, one of. <laughs> you know, as I say it, Rich, I realize that this is, this is not my finest moment. But <laughs> I do actually have his shoe. No, his it shows shoe. your fandom, Harry. It really does. You know, um, if you're yeah, just, I'm a, big, I'm a big Saints fan. No, if you just come into it, surf into it. You know, you, you know, you might counsel the Brooks family to get a restraining order, but. You know, it, it is. It is just shows off your. It shows well, off your. to say they don't already have one. <laughs> it shows. Well, now if you're going to start, I actually stole it from his house while he was home. Now, so, if you're going to, if you, know, if, you, if, you if you're going to say you got a Bobby A. Bear sock, then that's the end of this conversation. You know what I mean? Now, now, now we're going to. I would love that. You know that. <laughs> to man. go with the that's, shoe. That, that would be. That's the. That's the. The, uh, the holy grail. <laughs> oh my gosh! You know, then, then, then we got to, then we got to talk about uh, the future here. But no, I, in all honesty, though, it just. Shows Shows off your 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 fandom. Is your do you have a similar love for the Pelicans now and Zion, or is hoops not really your game? Or well, yeah, I, I love them, but obviously the history's not there, like with the Saints. But yes, I love the Pelicans. But I don't know if you know this, okay. but I had a I had a, a, a TV show called the Harry Show a couple of years back, and one of the things we did was to go down to New Orleans, and they Mickey Loomis actually signed me for a day, so I was a Saint for a day. And what'd you do? But I was petrified because of the prospect of being traded. <laughs> you know, in the tw- Can you imagine, like, doing, like, a celebrity signing and they trade you? <laughs> well, I mean, that would be a diff. I don't know what, what would be the equivalent to, to come back in a trade, Harry. I mean, you're, you, they can't get value. Yeah, it'd be saying. tough. They- I mean, you'd have to, you know, 
get your manager involved, call another team, you know, save face. But they did actually sign me to a one-day contract. And I know this sounds crazy. Yes. Well, maybe not. I mean, you guys are the best people to talk to about this. Yes. My heart exploded because those guys are, they're like, they're gods. I mean, what musician would not love to be an athlete? And since I have no athletic skills at all, just to be down there, like to be on the field and, and, and watch those guys. It's, and, and just the stupid, you know, phony ceremony of signing that contract was, it was like worth more to me than, you know, any award I've ever won, you know, for anything else. Well, it, Harry, was just a, it was a dream come true. Harry, if you're ever in that situation again, Harry Connick Jr. here, let me help you out here because I can safely uh, attest to the fact that, yes, you're a musician strolling onto a field of world-class professional athletes and you're like, okay, every musician wants to be an athlete. But the reverse is true. Every athlete wants to yeah, be a musician. Yeah, I've heard that's that, too. I've heard that, too. That's a fact. Like, that's a fact. Oh, the center for the for the um, for tech uh, the basketball center, uh, David Robinson. Yes, he he came and sat in and played bass with me one day. How was so it? I get it. How was you it? You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of mutual admiration. Well, I mean, you know, uh, there's there's a, a ton of uh, of players, football, basketball, who think that they can they can rap that they ha- that they have the ability to be some sort of a star. I mean, Shaquille O'Neal, we all know, has been attempting to do that sort of thing. Uh, Le'Veon Bell, I know that he's yeah, I, I, Damian I Lillard. Great. I mean, I just, you know those those guys are so creative at what they do. I I love yeah. it. It's just it's just and it's fun to see them. You know, whenever an athlete comes to one of our shows, mm-hmm. I think the last one who came was Kurt Warner, and it's just the whole band freaks out. Like we just we can't get enough of that stuff. It's those those guys are, you know, they're heroes to us. And when they you know the 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 great people that we we think they are. It's 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 like Drew, like like he's just a fantastic guy, and and to you know it just it's inspiring. It's it to know that he goes out there and does that. Um, you know, I mean, we go out on stage, but you know, we don't have the the physical dangers that they have, and it's just amazing. I mean, they're gladiators, and we just we're so thankful for for that type of entertainment before i let you go harry connick jr again his new album alone with my faith available on march 19th that's just right around the corner give me a good story from uh, independence day do you have one how you got involved anything with oh, Will i have a Smith? great story go for they it, called please. and said hey we want you to be in this movie it's going to be a giant blockbuster with will smith and i said okay cool you know send me the script so they sent me the script and i die on like the sixth page <laughs> I'm like seriously that's, that's what you want me to do and then i find out yes man we sure are glad you're here because uh, glad you're here because we asked matthew perry to do the part but he couldn't do it i'm like okay so i'm your second choice and i died on like you know the eighth page so there's the huh. story so i did not know matthew perry was in line for playing captain jimmy wilder may he rest in peace spoiler alert he, he was the, um, from, from what i understand he was the guy and I kind of I came in and uh, you know did did my thing. Yeah. By the way, we had Chris Mortensen. I gave of, it all I had. We had Chris Mortensen of ESPN on before, and he heard that you were coming on. Uh, he and his was he say it was his wife. Watch yeah. Watch, yeah. watch his wife. Watched yeah. Copycat last night, and wanted me to pass along to you mm. about how dynamic and uh, you were in that role, in that film, Harry. 
That was, that was um, you know what's crazy about that? I was 22, 23 years old. They said, look, they want you to meet this director. I met this guy named John Emil. He's from England. We sat down and talked for a minute. He says, what do you know about serial killers? I said, well, not much. I know, you know what I read in the papers. He says, can you do a really, really strong southern accent? I said, yeah. I said, I know you're from England, but I, I kind of have one now. But I can, <laughs> I can jack it up and, and do some other uh, some other." accents, whatever region you want to talk about. And then I walked out, and I'm like, well, you know, I'm not going to get that. And then, then he called my agent and said, yeah, I want, him to, I want Harry to play this part. And I'm thinking, what, what did I reveal to this guy in this half an hour that would make him think I could play this, this, this guy? So uh, I never, never really asked him that because I didn't want to know, but it was, that was a fun role to play, too. Well, I had to sleep on the couch for a month after I did that movie. Well, I hate to tell you, Harry, um, uh, we, we know David Schwimmer was the first choice for <laughs> that role. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. That, was just that would have been such a vibe <laughs> if David Schwimmer had played that part. I don't I mean, know. He could have just left, I mean, not done an accent. It would have been so just, <laughs> just an unusual sort of playing against type kind of part. I don't know. That was just sitting right there for me to say. I'm sorry. I just been having my fun. Um, yeah, look, and, uh, you know, I set them up. You knock them down. That's my job, I guess. Hey, Harry, uh, thanks for joining me uh, on the show. Anytime. I would love to have you. To, if you just want to talk some ball, just want to get on, if you have an album to promote or whatever, I'd love to just uh, continue a conversation. So I appreciate the call, and congrats on the album in advance. Thanks, Rich. I'm a big fan. I have been for a long time. And, Thank uh, you. Y'all stay safe. We will do that. Thank you so much. Alone with my faith, Harry Connick Jr. He played all the instruments. He mixed everything together. He said Mike Del Tufo could have helped him. He is obviously a great human. Right here on the Rich Eisen Show. March 19th is where you can watch. <laughs> it's my birthday. You can get a uh, listen to. Oh, is it your birthday? Oh. Hey. I've got an album for Double you. Nichols. By the way. Oh, there you go. Show. Harry Connick Jr. March 19th, Mike Del Tufo's birthday. Happy birthday. Two great events. <laughs> What's the name of this this mu this music? Did you look it up? Oh, normally, yeah. oh, it's actually really cool. I what, listened to it for a second. What what, are you, what is it? It's like a guitar. What's it called again? I, I didn't write Herpage. it down. Herpage. Herpage. It's a yeah. pretty cool thing. It kind of sounds like a guitar meets like, you you know, you press down and you, mm -hmm. it's like a pedal steel guitar it used to be where it's flat. It's pretty badass. Now, I was a little nervous, to be honest with you. When Harry Connick Jr. said he mixed everything himself, I was looking. Were you doing the same thing? Looking was, out was, of the side eye to I see if Del Tufo was giving the, whoops, the Jeff Walker. Guy, the, the Jeff Walker, this guy, look like this guy. He's going to do it. Don's yeah. going to go to it. He's got all these Grammys. <laughs> hey, what? He's got all these Grammys, this guy. Really? There was that guy's a time. Mix. I mixed music on the Tonight Show. That was, I what do you mean? Whose who's music did you mix? The Johnny Carson Tonight Show. Do you want me to name show? the list the, of people? The, 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 the Jay Leno Tonight Show? Or yes, the, Johnny the Jay Carson? Leno, like the early 90s, 2000s. Okay. This is like, did Del Tufo mix on the Tonight Show and do a good job? That's Watch. what I'm like watching. Watch yeah, yeah, hold on. Yeah. Del Tufo, oh, we're talking oh, about Tonight yeah, Show. Oh, he oh, mixed the Tonight Show. Hold on, look. The headback. So who did you mix on on the Johnny Carson Tonight Show or the Jay Leno Tonight Show? B.B. Oh. King, Eric Clapp. I mean, I could name. It's unbelievable. But Gwen you Stefani. can't name who was the host Kyle of the Tonight Show. At the Jay time. Leno. Okay, Jay Leno. <laughs> Come on, of course I know Jay. You mixed Eric Clapton on the Tonight Show McCartney. with Jay Leno? McCartney. I used to do the PA for everybody. What years? 
Oh, no, I believe him. No, no, no I'm just I, asking, I, like, I, I when, was this when you two, first got here? No, 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 99, 2000. So when you were also driving Scott Bale around town? No, that's way, that's okay. 94, 95. Okay. Scott Bale. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't driving Scott Bale. I actually was talking about Liza Minnelli the other day. I was driving Liza. That oh, was, you were driving Liza who... To Scott Bale's house. To Scott Bale's I, told house. You, I didn't tell you the one great story about this. She liked me so much. Like, she loved me. Hold on. Tease. Well, hold the tease. A Mike Del Tufo, Liza wow. Minnelli story, is that really content that's teasable? I mean, Don Of course it is. It's course a 21st it century. Of course it is. Of course it is. <laughs> oh, my gosh. How do you not stay for that? Don't answer that question. Just stay. <laughs> hey, folks. It's time for the NFL draft, which means for me, I need a good night's sleep. Because if I don't have one, I'm just not myself. You know the deal. You know exactly how important it is to have quality sleep. It's a game changer for all of us. So Sleep Number helps me. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's setting is 70. We both get a great night's sleep because we could adjust the firmness of our mattress on each side. Improve your quality sleep because Sleep Number learns how you sleep thanks to their smart beds and provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. I'm with John Bradley, who plays Samuel Charlie of Game of Thrones here on the show. What's the strangest fan theory of the show? Well, the strangest one is that um, is that Lord Varys is a mermaid or a merman. It's just because he, he, he seems to get around the place relatively quickly mm. compared to everybody else. Like, his movements are completely inconsistent with the kind of time logic of the show. When it's the off-season and you hear people say stuff like that, you think, oh, we better get the show on quick. Because these people are finding all sorts of ways to fill their time, and it's not healthy. <laughs> Do you know what happens at the end of this show? No. Do you have a theory as to what happens at the end of this show? I have my theories. What is it? I can't tell you. Oh, come on. Here's the thing about theories, mm -hmm. and this is why I'm not going to give you my theory today. Theories can go one of two ways. Either I'm wrong, mm -hmm. in which case there's documented evidence of me being wrong <laughs> that, that you can then cut back to in two years' time and say, look how wrong this guy was. But what if or, we promise not to do that? I don't trust oh. I, don't, I, I don't trust anybody these days when it comes oh, to Game of Thrones. Wow. Okay, what's the order? Or I'm right, and I've ruined it. You really can't win with that stuff. Okay. Because then, because then the exact same piece of footage is going to be unearthed, and John Bradley spoiled the whole show two years ago. And everyone will accuse you of having actually everybody known, even though me, you say you do not know what has happened. Everybody would accused would have accused me of knowing all along, mm -hmm. which I don't. And it's either going to be a lucky guess, 
or I'm wrong. The one thing you did spoil is Varys is not a fish man. That's what or I mean. Fish see, person. I, 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 you have not. We could sit. I've ridiculed that theory now live on Rich Eisen. That could be right, <laughs> and, and, and that, that could be right. Yeah, look how wrong John Bradley was about the various mermaids. Oh, it was fun. We had a bunch of uh, Game yeah. of Thrones folks here, right? So fun. Kit Harrington coming here. Jon Snow. I mean, Jon Snow. Pre-pandemic, obviously, there were people on the thoroughfare that were like, like looking in. Trying to look through. Yeah. We got a few looking guests here. We're so happy for. Uh, the Players' Championship, Thursday through Sunday, just a couple days away. The players have here arrived at TPC of Sawgrass, Jacksonville, Florida, home of the Jacksonville Jaguars, Thursday through Sunday. I should get the uh, photograph. I'll send it uh, to the to the boys at home to put up on the screen. There's a picture of me, Mooch, Kurt, Dion, Jack Furyk, Jim Jim Furyk. No, not Jackson oh, Deville. <laughs> Jim Furyk on the on the green at 17. Okay. One year for Thursday night football. You guys all took the shot. Right? We all we'll went to the saw, Sawgrass and they got Jim Furyk to agree to go there, and we all took a couple shots at the green. Oh man! Oh, that was great. Back here on our Rich Eisen Show radio networks. Um, so, um, all right, Mike, you had me at Liza Minnelli, and uh, <laughs> and uh, you've told the story about how you used to drive Liza Minnelli around town, right? For what? what? What was she? What movie was, of the Week movie. West Side Waltz. West Side Waltz. And Scott Baio was in, was in no, it as well? Scott Baio wasn't. But they were dating at the they time. They were dating at the time. So you once dropped her off late night at Scott Baio's house. Okay, yes. very good. And I was like, whoa, this is kind of a weird couple. Hey now, man. <laughs> in L.A.? Start spreading the news. Okay, so. <laughs> um, good job, Rich. Yeah, you know what? New York, it's not, tight. she was the, you know, it wasn't just always Frank. I met Joel Gray on that movie. Cheryl McLean. I drove Cheryl McLean okay. to Roddy McDowell's house. Were you hooking everybody up? Is that what you oh, were no, doing? They loved, Rich, look at me. I'm like the greatest. That's why I have the, the highest Uber rating. I talk wow. to people. I drive around. Wow. People like being He's just me spilling the tea that, you know, he could have wow. sold these stories to the Enquirer back in the day. Well, I was in the just... Enquirer with Liza Minnelli, which I told you about when I almost got arrested in the 7-Eleven because she wanted to go to the bathroom, which you know that story. That was a Which lot I've to said. take in right there. That was a <laughs> lot to... What is happening? I mean, so... That was a lot to take in, Rich. Did you follow that? So, uh, yeah, so Liza Minnelli like, liked me so much. By the end of the, the, the time I'm driving her around, yeah. she wanted me to come out with her yes. on her tour. Yes. She was going to Japan. I don't know where... Okay. Europe and whatever. And I was like, I was all ready to... I was like, I wanted to do it. My ex-wife goes... If you leave... You were married at the time. No, we were just dating. Okay. So if you leave, you're going to come home and win an empty house. Well, you should have done I that. I should have I mean, done hindsight. that. And then you married somebody <laughs> who said that to you. Yeah, I mean, that back, it was like, Rich, it was a disaster from day one. It wasn't like it was getting any better. <laughs> right. Getting married, but it wasn't, yeah, it was downhill from day one. I wish we would have known you back then, Mike, because I think we, we would have been... talked you out totally, of that. We yeah. I know. Yeah. I was, I, tr I wouldn't listen to anybody. But getting back to my point, it was like... Liza Minnelli was going to hire me to be like her personal bodyguard. She like loved me because I you could be <laughs> like her personal bodyguard. Rich, I was an ex-cop. Now, like, I, mean, I can already see Sean Mitchell. Or, uh, <laughs> oh, I'm done. Uh, bodyguard. Home, bodyguard. I can already see Sean Mitchell at home, and this is his area of expertise in, in producing this show from his spot. I can already see the bot, my bodyguard uh, movie poster or... The bodyguard. You, the bodyguard. Carrying Liza Minnelli. You are... You are the Costner to Liza Minnelli's. I will have Randy Sutter, one of the producers. We got to get him on the phone. 
he literally mm. instilled in me the fear that I had to get lies into the set every day. So I was like, the first couple of days, petrified that I wasn't going to get Liza to the set. Yeah, but who's after Liza Minnelli? No, I'm not talking about anything happening to her, getting her out of her house, oh, getting her in the car, okay. making it you to the set. You were making sure that she and was all like, with it. And he's like, your job, Mike, and this is like my this is my second or third thing I did in L.A. Yes. He's like, you screw this up. He's like, you're you can, done. You'll never work in this town again. Not, <laughs> if yes. you don't get Liza Minnelli to the set, so you'll never work in this I, town again. And you're like, over. oh, I've got staying power. I'll show you. And I was then, able to do it. Yeah. And get her to the set every time. And Randy was like, he's like, whatever you do, keep doing it. Just work on it. Yeah. And the and the director was the person that wrote Ernest Thompson, who wrote On Golden Pond. He came up to me, he's like because Liza's like loves you. It's like all she does is talk yeah. about Mike picking her up. And Academy but, I'm sure on Golden Palm was nominated for an Academy he won. Award. He won. He won. Academy. So he's got an Oscar and he's telling you, Great job. Liza had an Liza Oscar to the set. Shirley had a lot Oscar. Come on. We was dealing with the Oscar people. And Con- then confirmed Ernest Thompson did write on yeah. Golden Palm. I just had to fact check. That. Okay, look and at directed you. West Sub. Come on. I mean, okay. Okay. Fact stuff just fact checking. By the way, uh, I'm going to put a period on the end of that sentence. Um and let you guys know that you know you know how your phone lets you know what you know what your photographs are a year later yeah. and how they oh, pop yeah. up yeah so um one year ago today popped up on my phone today although it was two days ago but it popped up today a video of me on the show that i guess i had downloaded and and on my phone okay. to put on twitter or instagram or whatever it was one year ago this week where you mentioned my Uber rating when I announced my Uber rating on this show. <laughs> that dude called in the and other day. And that dude called in the other day. Yeah. And my Uber rating being an outs- outrageously substandard 454, which opened me up to so much ridicule here on this program. The 454s came to be in the, in the It's in unbelievable the early you mentioned the- Uber. So our poll questions. Let's look through all of our poll questions, Christopher, as we go out the do- out the door here today. What are our you you, okay. you you put so many of them out there today? So I did. I put a lot out there. Okay. So first up, Rich was the one that you uh, had thrown out to me about quarterbacks. Yes. About which guy from the 2018 draft class would you next give a long term contract? And and Chris Sims said Josh Allen. Yeah, Baker Mayfield, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, or none. None gets a long-term deal like Dak. Josh Allen ran away with this 77%. That's crazy. 11% Lamar, for Lamar, 9% Lamar for Baker. Lamar won an MVP two years ago and actually won a playoff game. And I that, think everyone would take a, Josh a, Allen. A playoff game, there's two reasons why the Ravens won that playoff game. One, the defense absolutely bottled up Derrick Henry. Remember that? Fact. But it was a game in which they were down again, the Ravens, and then changed when Lamar took off from midfield and scored a touchdown on one of the most spectacular runs you've seen in a playoff game. And, okay, I, I you know, I, I, I understand that Josh Allen and the, the Bills eliminated the Ravens, but I, I, and I love Josh Allen to run away with it. That's something else. Josh Allen might did, be MVP Did none of the above year. beat Baker in this poll question? No, none of the above uh, got 3%. Okay. What's the other poll question? All right. The other one I put out, 
Uh, we're talking about Dak Prescott all day, a massive deal for him. Do you think the Cowboys win a Super Bowl in the next four years? I bet you no one three to one. Close, two to one. 62% no. Okay. 62% no. What do they know? <laughs> it's because I don't think people have the confidence in Jerry Jones, the general manager, to follow this up with the proper defensive defense. You know, fortification. Settle down just a little no, bit. I'm sorry, Mr. Jones. Okay. I mean, that's pro- I'm just reading where the, t- the tea leaves here. I mean, look at the first few games of the- last year. <laughs> Dak. But uh, one thing that Chris Sims 400 said. 400 yards a game he had to throw. Dan Quinn yeah. coming in last year, I know a lot was thrown at Mike Nolan's feet. But he brought in a different philosophy than what the players were used to playing. Dan Quinn's going to come in and do what these guys are built to do. Right. And uh, I think that that's going to be automatically going to be significant. Yeah. And then, you know, if they make the right draft moves and Dak comes in and stays healthy, they could put up 24, 28 points a game. They are, without a doubt, the favorites to win the NFC East this year. They should be. Yeah, they should be. Okay. Should be. And the other poll All right, and then I put up uh, Los Angeles. Is it a Laker town or Dodger town? 75% Lakers. Oof, telling you. With almost 4,000 votes. Now, I hit that with a retweet, and then I texted – which I'm reading off on my phone to wrap up this show. I texted the biggest L.A. sports fan that I think we all know, O'Shea Jackson Jr. Yeah, absolutely. All right. And I said to him, having an argument on the show about whether this is a Dodgers or a Lakers town, what do you think? And he responded. He did. I gave him a chance to call in or read this out. He didn't respond to that, so I'm just going to read it out. Why not? He wrote, texted i will not have you splitting los angeles this way (laughs) the dodger hat is logo of the city you got people who don't even watch baseball wearing that hat the lakers are the greatest franchise in basketball and have a legacy better than any of our other sports teams in the city they are one and the same they even share magic johnson they share los angeles 1988 2020 streets of gold skies of blue and that's the bottom line because stone cold said so that wow. man loves los but, angeles yeah, he I does know, love but angeles. here's my point have a legacy better than any of our other sports team in the city and the dodgers have a hell of a legacy from brooklyn to this city i'm telling you if i did give this outstanding sports fan, sodium pentothal, truth serum, and put him on a machine that told me 100% whether he's telling me truth or lie and asked him the question that he refuses to answer by saying I'm going to divide, divide the city. Lakers. Lakers. He does the Lakers guy, more, It's more even than you think. That's what me and TJ were that saying. That was my whole point. You, yeah. But I, but and how many of these people are actually LA residents? Like you got Lakers. people from Townsend, Maryland. Lakers. 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 Thanks to Chris Sims, Blake Griffin, Chris Mortensen, and Harry Connick Jr. Tomorrow's show: Kyle Brandt, Jay Adonde, and more. We'll take you to brother from another on Peacock in a moment. We'll see you on the radio Wednesday. <laughs> 